now. I don't know who he is behind that mask of his, but I do know when we need him. And we need him now. For some reason, the cool bars in Hollywood have to be hard to find and have to have no sign. This is the Cocktail Nation. Well, I can't believe the year has ground to a halt. So it is time for the best of the best product releases of 2016. This year, lots and lots of books. So uh, more on that coming up soon. It's one of the great interviews that we've done. And um, I'm pleased to kick off this week's show... With a Christmas song from Tiki Joe's Ocean. It's Christmas with Tiki Joe's Ocean. Andy Nazal, great supporter of the show. This is volume two. And we'll kick off with, uh, we'll play two songs to start off the show this week. As we grind to a halt for 2016, Tiki Joe's Ocean. Now, Angels We've Heard on High.
This is the Cocktail Nation. Thanks to Ultraswank.net. Christmas with Tiki Joe's Ocean, Volume 2, Tiki Joe's Ocean, and Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy. Best of the best here at the Cocktail Nation. And a book from James Spencer, one that many people were very, very keen to read. Long time coming. A book all about Les Baxter. Join me on the line is Jim Spencer. Congratulations on your brand new book, your biography of Les Baxter. Uh, I, when I read this book, I, I didn't expect that it was going to be so big and so detailed with so much information. This is absolutely incredible. Congratulations. Thank you so much, Coop. Um, yes, you know, it's so interesting because... It, this has been about tw- almost 20 years of research and, you know, background. A little bit of how this all started, too, is going back to 1991, I was working um, on a double master's in music in piano and vocal performance at Cal State Fullerton. And at the time, I was coming out of a really pretty prolific period of, of entertainment. I was like really playing everywhere. I had a, a, a new wave band. We were touring around the world. I came back. I had done some cruise ship and then I was settling into school. I was renting a little house in uh, the back bay area of Newport Beach and I was performing uh, to supplement my income for school all over the you know southern Orange County. And so I was playing at several places, uh, the Ritz uh, restaurant, which was down in Fashion Island. I was playing on Lido Island. And what happened is, I have to say, this is when I was just starting to learn about the lounge music and Exotica. So it was just, you know, it was sort of just kind of becoming the underground scene, 
you know, in uh, Orange County. And I, to be honest, at the time, I knew very little about Les Baxter, except that he wrote Quiet Village. That's about all I knew. And what happened is one night I was performing at the Ritz, which is this lovely restaurant. And this, you know, uh, man comes in, uh, you know, and I, he's a lot older, so I don't recognize that as Les Baxter because he's, you know, much older now, a little bit more pudgy, you know, so far. And um, I'm actually playing um, some exotic piano. I'm playing, when he, when he came into the restaurant, I was playing a song called Speak Low, uh, which is one of my favorite uh, Kurt Vile pieces. And he came up to me and he says, I really like your playing. It's sort of tropical, exotica. And I said, oh, well, thank you. I said, do you know that song? And he goes, oh, yeah, I recorded that with Capital many years ago. <laughs> and I'm like, well, who? And I go, well, who, who, who are you? And he goes, Les Baxter. Yeah. And at the time, I didn't really know the name. The best of the best on the Cocktail Nation.
the Cocktail Nation. We will sneak into the radio station, taking the place of the mist, so I can broadcast my genuine mental powers to millions of listeners, befogging their minds until they make me their leader. with Alex Kashkin there, Bond the Spy, a new track for 2016. We are talking books this week, our best of the best product releases for 2016, and a book that I came across all about Hollywood. The best of the best on the Cocktail Nation. This week, talking the golden age of movies, the classics, is a new book out. The book is by Alan J. Whitaker. A showcase of the great stars and the directors of each era. 400 films, more than 400 images is in its pages. A very comprehensive book. The Classics makes a great addition to the collection of anyone who's got an interest in uh, arts and, and pop culture. Alan Whitaker joins me on the show. Alan, what made you decide to put this book together? Well, uh... I really have been a film buff since uh, I was a young kid, you know, a teenager, and loved the history of film, collected a lot of books uh, about film, and also my own favourite movies on video, which probably went in the bin, and then on DVD. So I really thought that there was a great book in this, if we could just get the right pictures. And uh, we entered into an agreement with um, the Mary Evans Picture Library in London, who had thousands of unseen images from the 30s and 40s and 50s of these great films. So we decided that we'd, uh, instead of just uh, you know putting out a, a small book, we'd put a really big 400-page heavy-duty book out that really explored the history of film over the last 80 years. Amazing. Yeah, what I I find incredible is finding those photos that are rarely seen. I mean, that's that's the hard part. Mind you, Marilyn Monroe photos that we haven't seen 
been before seen it pop up on a weekly basis. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Well, I was very conscious, having uh, had a lot of uh, movie books over the years, to look for photos that I hadn't seen before. Um, and, and also really iconic movie posters. And remember lobby cards from the old days? Yeah. Um, you know, they used to hang in the foyer of the, the cinema. Um, a lot of those uh, were um, reproduced as well. So, you know, we wanted to give people a feel for each uh, decade, the 50s and 60s, right up to the 1999s. But selecting the films was the hard part. Mm. Yeah, how did, how did you choose those? Because, yeah, I mean, you obviously got a little bit of a bias because you have you your are. own favourites, haven't well, you? Well, you're going to slip your own favourites in there, but I was very careful that mm. um, at least... Uh, they measured up to what other critics and what other fans felt as well. Uh, you know, coming to the end of the 20th century, there were a lot of uh, uh, definitive film lists, the greatest uh, um, westerns of all time, film noir, the, the films of the 60s. So you've got a pretty good pathway there. Plus, you've also got Academy Award winners. Not that all Academy Award winners are classic movies. But, look, taking um, that as a, as a guide and then my own judgment and making sure that I wasn't just going for favourite films or cult favourite films or pop culture favourite films. I think we've got down to a pretty good list of about 600 essential movies from the last century. Dig de cocktail nation with plonge leader coucou père. Thank you. 
Broadcasting from the center of Sydney. Hey, this is Tony Marcico from the Martini King. Hey, this is Ricky Garrett talking to from Dallas, Texas. Hey, this is Marty Lush from Marty Lush and Latin Livers. Three, two, and one. Hey, kids, this is Sonny Moon with Nutty, and you're listening to the Cocktail Nation. It swings, Dad. Five, four, three, two, one. Intellectual sound. with the Sharps and Caravan. Of course, that's from their brand new album of 2016, Live at the Golden Tiki. And I'll be replaying that interview that I did last week when we do our special music, Best of the Best. And also in their Ixtahule, and their new track as well from Call of the Islands. And the album is just spectacular. You've got to check it out. Uh, Ixtahule at sea. And uh, also, we'll play that interview that I did with them last week. If you're like me and you love cars, love classic cars, well, I found a great book all about the history of Ford, written by a man who is literally on the factory floor producing amazing Fords throughout the decades. Ford Australia and the cars and the people who built them is our topic this week. And uh, a brand new book, which has just been released 
by Doug Wallace. Tell us a little bit about your history with the with the company, Doug, because this is an iconic company across the globe. And I know you were, you were on the factory floor for a period, weren't you? Yes, I started as an engineer in 1970, uh, working in what was then to become the plastics plant. And uh, we were... Uh, instrumental in bringing a lot of the plastics into the Australian vehicles. I was there from 1970 to 1990. Wow, that's a, that's a long time. Tell me, uh, you, you would have seen a lot of changes in cars between 1970 and 1990, uh, as far as uh, Ford was concerned. W- w- would you say that uh, cars were, uh, were were better back in 1970 or, or, or uh, you know, better in 1990? <laughs> For their time, they were good cars, but uh, developments uh, and safety requirements have certainly changed over the years, and the cars have changed to reflect that that requirement. I quite enjoy driving the older cars, but uh, I prefer the newer ones. They're, they seem to be a little bit more comfortable nowadays. Yeah, I mean, there's, there is a big difference, of course, these days. You know, you, you know, the, the average man can't stick his hand in the uh, into the, uh, the the engine bay and, and do a repair necessarily, can he? I gave up 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, uh, what did you discover that was interesting about the company that you didn't know in going into, you know, putting a book like this together? What did, didn't you know? Well, we, we actually had the uh, approval from Ford to dig into the archives, so we, we managed to get back into uh, all the directors' meetings back in 1925. And it was fascinating reading some of the uh, comments that uh, were made and the decisions that were made at, at that time. And then, of course, we, uh, as we went through the the archives, we uh, we found a whole lot of information about the Second World War that uh, we only sort of partly knew about. But Ford Ford were instrumental in in making all sorts of things for the war effort. Mm. Uh, they made sea mines. They made uh, auxiliary fuel tanks for aeroplanes. They reconditioned engines for aeroplanes. They made boats. Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, they built the boats uh, and took them down uh, from the Homebush plant to the Parramatta River near Homebush and launched them into the Parramatta River. That's incredible. That's incredible. When it comes to uh, the early history uh, of Ford, would you you say, particularly in Australia, how, how much was it influenced by the United States Ford? Or were they kind of on their own? Undoubtedly, they were influenced in the U.S. during the uh, the early period. It wasn't really up until about the 1970s that uh, we started to uh, follow uh, our own designs, uh, particularly with the Falcon. Up until then, it was really just a modification of what was the U.S. design. But we we found that the Australian requirements on the road were different to the U.S. Yeah. Now I remember reading a story about the. Uh, I think it was the the 1960 uh, XK Falcon, wasn't it? Yeah, now that was the American design. They brought it out here because our roads at that stage were a lot rougher than the the smooth American freeways of the 60s. That's right. I believe the car almost almost rattled apart. Well, the the front suspension had a tendency to collapse. Really? (laughs) Yes, and and they they rushed out what the Americans called the... The uh, the Fairlane front end, they brought that out as the basic front suspension for the Falcon uh, to uh, make sure it worked. Yeah, but uh, it wasn't until really about the uh, the XP that we got the quality good enough, I feel, to be able to uh, uh, be confident with it. And that was when, of course, uh, Bill Burke did the famous uh, 
Lounge Exotica and Spages This is Cocktail Nation with Coucou Père. Sizzle 
But what a lovely way to burn 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 What a lovely way to burn
Gong Donation with Codename Carter and Time Bomb from their recent release this year. We'll be talking to Codename Carter next week on our best of music releases for 2016. And a track two, I haven't really talked about too much, but it is fantastic. It's uh, the brand new Elvis album which came out this year. And this one with Michael Bublé teaming up with a um, recorded Elvis and the version of Fever. Another book that many people were very excited about was the release of the book all about the MyKive. Tim Swanky Glazner joins me. He's written a book called Maikai History and Mystery of the Iconic Tiki Restaurant. Now, here's the backstory. In 1956, a few brash young men created the Maikai Restaurant and Bar in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, by poaching key staff from Don the Beachcombers, a Polynesian-themed Chicago restaurant. The Maikai became the playground of celebrities and playboys and beautiful women working there, used as a jumping-off point for adventure and fame. Through first-hand stories and more than 400 images, this book documents the history, the allure, the enduring legacy of the mid-20th century tiki era, focusing on the period 1955 to 1971. It's the story of how the Maikai and its iconic elements came to exist, and the men and women who shaped it went on to shape the world. Now listed on the National Register of Historic Places, Maikai is the only place on earth that still serves the rum rhapsodies that kick off that indulgent era way back when. Tim joins me on the phone for the show this week. Tim, how did it all come about? Yeah, I, I really didn't have a notion of making a book in the beginning. I I was just a tiki nerd doing research, and and I started calling these people up seeking them out, looking around for them on the internet and phone books and tracking them down and until so I would ask them and I would say, hey, I'm I'm Tim Glazner. I'm doing a book about the Maikai because that sounds a lot better than saying, hey, I'm a tiki nerd and I just want to talk to you. <laughs> but, but then over the years, as I, I started finding more people and their incredible stories, I, it just, it, one day, it just really hit me that you have to do this book. You have to tell these people's story. You have to do it now while they're still alive and and they can enjoy that and, and see their own stories in the book. And and so in the last few years, it really became a book in my mind and I really started working on it and trying to turn these really, really disparate stories into something that, that holds together and, and has a story arc and, and is readable. The best of the best on the Cocktail Nation.
Talk to Nation, Roland Remington from his new album for 2016, Bayer, and out of Abingdon as well. It also released that track, Django, this year. Great news of a series released by a very good friend of the Cocktail Nation, Darren Long. A fictional book. In fact, the only fictional book, apart from mine that was released this year, which was Licardo Prince Accidental Assessment. I can't put that in the list, of course. But if you do want to grab it, it is available, of course, uh, via Amazon. Uh, he released a book all about a marvellous character called Dirk Daiquiri. This week on the show, Darren Long talking about his new book, Dirk Daiquiri in The Dancing Mai Tai. Private investigator Dirk Daiquiri, a cool, wisecracking former detective fighting crime in the streets of 1957 San Francisco. Dirk prefers Aloha shirts to suits, enjoys Mai Tais and Martinis with a heavy dose of Martin Denny, Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin. And with his detective friend Steve Hardman, Dirk solves a missing persons case while stumbling onto a drugs and prostitution ring. You can join in the action in beautiful San Francisco. It is a fabulous book. You'll absolutely love it. And uh, I certainly encourage you to head over to Amazon.com and grab it today. A few years back, maybe 10 years ago, I did some fiction writing. I actually took a correspondence course. Mainly how to write children's books. And it was something that was kind of interesting to me because I was never really into the idea of writing fiction. Mm. I always prefer history books and things on the JFK assassination and that kind of stuff. And so I actually learned some things from that. But it was a good 10 years later that I decided I actually want to try my hand at writing some of this private eye stuff. Yeah. So that was actually done. This was actually written mostly in 2013. Well, you've done a fantastic job. I just love the book. And when I read it, I'm taken to San Francisco in the 50s. <laughs> and, and that's all good. I wanted. <laughs> you know, it's, I looked at it like... Um, San Francisco was like a co-star, not just a backdrop, you know, like in a lot of crime novels, there's yeah. supposed to be L.A. or something, and it's just all dark and gritty at night, and uh, San Francisco's a beautiful city, I grew up there, and I thought, you know, I want to kind of show off the town, so I had to pull it back a little bit, because my editing friend said, you're going a little bit over the top with the tourist stuff, you know, <laughs> and I said, well, you know, I love San Francisco, okay, I'll dial it back a little bit. But it's like San Francisco is, is not just a backdrop. It's like the co-star. And I've gotten a lot of good comments on that. The people say, hey, I really enjoyed the ride through San Francisco. And, mm. you know, so that was a real nice compliment. That It's a little different from other stories that way. The uh, lead character, Dirk Dacry, yeah. What, what sort of guy would you describe him as? He's, he's, I know that he's a, he's a cop who became a, a, became a private eye. He's, to me, he seems like a, a, a kind of a... A reasonably jovial guy who can kind of handle himself, and he and he loves his Hawaiian shirts. That's that's probably my key takeaway. Yeah, I wanted him to be pretty laid back. He was modeled a little bit after Peter Gunn and Jim Rockford, Rockford Files, James Garner. Yeah, just kind of a little more easygoing, uh, kind of making fun of stuff all the time, always wisecracking, mm. making fun of themselves. But he is, you know, he was in the Navy and he was a cop for 12 years, so he's just not a hard-boiled kind of private eye like other guys do. Yeah. He's a little more down-to-earth, more of a people person. If you notice, he he gets along great with waitresses and bartenders, and but he can rub elbows with politicians and movie stars and all kinds of stuff. The Cocktail Nation!
Let there be you And let there be me Let there be oysters Under the sea Let there be wind And occasional rain Small corner tables And sparkling champagne Let there be birds To sing in the trees Someone to bless me Whenever I sneeze Let there be cuckoos A lark and a dove But first of all, please Sports cars and wonderful clothes, sponsors of cha cha and frantic mambos. Let there be moons circling in space, let there be movies and Princess Grace. Nation Dinosaurs there, and let there be love. James Spence has been a very, very busy fella for 2016. Not only did he release lots of music, he also released some books. Louise Baxter book, a book on margaritas, and a book on martinis. Nice to be back on the show. Um, well, yeah, it's so interesting. As you know, as I was a um, you know performing artist for many, many years in California, I played. Uh, for over 20 years in the lounges. And yeah. so I just, you know, I learned cocktails. And, you know, I just got to thinking, of, you know, a friend of mine just said, you know, why don't you do a cocktail book? And I go, well, it would make sense, you know, because I've, you know, obviously uh, played uh, with my albums and all these different cocktail shows. Of course, you know, yours being my favorite, you know, but uh, I just go, it makes sense. And so I started to say, this might be fun to do because, um, yeah, I thought, well, let's, you know, start with martinis, but like a lot of people love martinis, but they don't know the history mm. of martinis. So I thought, let me go just do some research. And, what I, and I just started with my own family. You know, my grandfather, or my, my mom's father, grew up uh, in New York and kind of in the 30s, you know, uh, and hung out with Cole Porter and those kind of people when he was young. And he always drank gin martinis, which was very popular during the Great Gatsby, you know, period in New York. And yet then my dad, you know, in the 60s, you know, that's the James Bond period. And, you know, he worked for NASA and he always drank vodka martinis up with a twist of, you know, lemon. And I go, you know, this is really interesting. Let me just kind of start doing the history and I started to research the traditional cocktails and then, you know, 
um, I found a lot of interesting information. So I included a lot of historical cocktails that are very interesting, like, uh, for example, the Charlie Chaplin martini. Mm -hmm. He had a gin martini created for him with apricot brandy is one of the ingredients in that. And it was um, actually one of the main drinks of the Waldorf Astoria in New York through the whole 30s. Wow. You know, I go, that's really, really interesting. You know, so I kind of just started doing different drinks. And I thought, you know, let's go look at the history of that. And because there's different, you know, and how are indigenous martinis different? Like, how is a blue martini different in Florida than it is in Sydney, for mm. example? You know, and I started to find all this interesting information. And I have a lot of friends around the world that are bartenders, you know, and the club meds and the different resorts. I just started calling my friends that are bartenders and getting and just, you know, seeing what drinks are popular. And then also, I'm, you know, I... I tweak drinks. So I just let me come up with some creations and I started playing with things and create came up with some new new ideas and I think the book's really interesting. It, the book has uh, over 200 martini recipes. It has a listening guide. So I kind of wanted to you know for people that are new to the cocktail lounge culture and just getting started, well, you know, what are the main albums in different genres like Exotica or, you know, the Orchestral yeah. Lounge and so forth. You know, cocktail piano and so I created a, a listening guide and I greatly want to thank you for running a beautiful uh, forward for the martini book and it was kind of that's another reason for doing it I kind of wanted to collaborate with you for, uh, for a change you know, I thought that would be kind of fun you know to do something and yeah. you know I think uh, and uh, yeah, the response has been great and I decided that this could lead into a series so I actually released a second book called Ultimate Margarita Right. <laughs> and, the, and that's already out, too. And, uh, you know, because I live in California, so it's perfect. So that kind of brought me back to the Les Baxter book because, you know, Les and I used to always go out for margaritas and try all different types of margaritas. So I thought, well, we'll just go through my old recipes and things I used to make. And, you know, came up, you know, realized that, oh, my gosh, I had over 60 different margarita recipes that were originals <laughs> that I I created over the years. And then I thought it would be kind of fun. I called the book, uh, you know, like Music, Martinis, and Memories after Jackie Gleason's, you know, album, you know, uh, Martinis, Memories, you know, and so forth. And I thought that was kind of a nice thing. I, don't, I think there's a lot of cocktail books out on the market, mm. but none that really go into this whole blend of the idea of the, of the lounge culture, you know, the leisure of enjoying a beautiful cocktail and the elegance of that with beautiful music. That is and fantastic. I think what I hope this book will do is bring more people into the lounge scene Indeed. and listening to, you know, wonderful shows like your own. Well, there you go. A busy year when it comes to products. All of these books, of course, would make fantastic presents for that special retro person in your life. So you might like to check them out today. I'm going to leave you with Bill Irwin. The song, Seduction. Next week, the best of the best music releases. 2016. Stay here.